Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Adam Stadzinski spinning the wheels back at the shop, and it is indeed Bruce Levine and me, Matt Spiegel, on Inside the Clubhouse after a very newsy baseball week. And this should be when the winter meetings are coming, Bruce. Uh, We know what they used to be. What exactly are they right now? Because I see some networks saying, hey, we're going to be covering the winter meetings, and I see some other networks completely ignoring them. I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. There are no winter meetings. Uh, What what they have... uh, So let's just give a little history of the winter meetings for the last... uh, 70 years every winter for four days uh, the entire baseball world including the minor leagues uh, the people that run the minor leagues managers uh, front offices um, major league baseballs uh, scouts front offices owners all get together for four days in a uh, usually a warm weather climate not always many years in tennessee and nashville but uh, in, a, in a minor league city somewhere where um, uh, they have a four-day conclave and uh, many trades, free agents, and uh, deals get done during these meetings, or at least the impetus of a new deal getting started at these meetings. And it's been going on in the tradition for baseball for 70 years. Now with the pandemic and uh, everybody shut down and inside, uh, this year's meetings have been canceled as were the general managers meetings in November Hmm. canceled completely so uh, when you you hear a sports network like NBC Sports Chicago doing their own programming it's a they're doing their own virtual winter meetings shows uh, the next three or four nights starting tomorrow so uh, that's going to be interesting all we we love all baseball information and talk and uh, you know we want to get it going but there are no winter meetings per se what you'll have, Matt, is on the 10th of December, you'll have the Rule 5 draft, which will be virtual. Mm-hmm. And all baseball people will be watching that. And then from the 14th to the 18th, 
Major League Baseball at the winter meetings always set up a 20-minute to a half-hour period for each manager of every baseball team. And all the reporters, you know, you're talking about three, 400 reporters from all over the country, got to go to these uh, meetings and sit in and ask questions from every manager in baseball. That'll be done virtually on between December 14th and 18th. Other than that, you have crickets. Uh, there are, There's nothing other than owners meeting virtually, uh, general managers at some point will be getting together and talking about rules, but most of the rules will be controlled this year by the CBA. Hmm. There's only one rule from last year that Major League Baseball can implement right now, and that is the uh, one-inning rule for pitchers. That will be in automatically for next year. Everything else that we saw last year, including uh, the DH, uh, the man on second base rule, uh, what else am I leaving out? Wait, man on uh, second base and extra innings. When you said the one inning, are you t- is that the three batter rule you're talking three about? Three batter That's the rule. One? Must must throw the three batters in uh, okay. or one full inning for a relief pitcher. That mm-hmm. will be implemented. Everything else must be uh, collectively bargained and dealt with through the owners and the players' association. And uh, we, we we don't have a situation there at all where we can give any answers. For for instance, when Jed Hoyer. The president of the Chicago Cubs had to make a decision on Kyle Schwarber. He did not know yeah. whether or not the National League will have the designated hitter this year. That's crazy. So uh, you're hamstrung. If you're the National League uh, general managers and presidents, you don't know what the rules are going to be. So therefore, how do you structure your 25-man roster or even consider having a DH type on the team if you don't know it's going to be there for you in 2021? When do you suspect that will get ironed out? And does it go hand in hand with expanded playoffs and the uh, the extra inning rule? Those kind of things. Like, it, is it all is all that stuff going to be collectively bargained and used as chips against each other to sort out how next season's going to be? Yeah, Matt, you're a smart guy. That's exactly how it's going to be. And and not only that, but we are only. 363 days away from the collective bargaining agreement uh, being uh, negated over with from the last deal. And they're going to have to negotiate a brand new CBA, mm-hmm. if you can imagine uh, that baseball uh, owners and the Players Association have dealt with each other. So um, this is a, a, a huge can of worms to go on top of the mess that we have with the pandemic and not knowing what the revenues are going to be for the owners, what the salaries are going to be uh, totally for the players, and whether fans will be in the stands. And I think this is why, Bruce, most articles that you read or people you talk to about next season, no one's really banking on opening day being opening day necessarily. All of these things have to be worked out. You might end up saying, let's only play 130 games, so let's start a little bit later. And let's, you know, I, I mean, we don't know when opening day is definitely going to be do we no ladies day will be replaced by vaccine day at the ballpark <laughs> hey uh, and it's not funny I, you're right i mean it's it's I'll funny go. to laugh because it's it's so unnerving but uh you know you you, you joke about something that, that's serious and you you get people upset but in reality um you know people are gonna be deciding whether or not to be allowed into ballparks go to ballparks have the vaccine not have the vaccine uh you know there's there's much bigger things in baseball going on, but 
you know, do, do we see 40,000 people sitting together at a ballpark or at a facility anytime soon uh, with the way things are right now? I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to imagine, but, you know, hope is that the vaccine helps start clearing that up. So, Bruce, I noticed that 29 teams and their managers um, have gone ahead and set their times for the Zoom that you were talking mm-hmm. about, where everybody gets access to the manager, usually in person at the winter meetings, but now it's via Zoom. 29 teams have done it. The one team that has not done that, the one manager who we don't know when or if he'll be available, is Tony La Russa because of his legal situation. I think the official word was they're going to wait for a little clarity on, uh, on that, some resolution. Um, it's, it's awkward. Um, so we know that he's going to change his pleas. He had pled not guilty to two counts of driving, uh, two drunken driving charges. He pled not guilty to those. And he's scheduled to change his plea on the 21st of December in Maricopa County, uh, the justice court there in Maricopa County. What do you you suspect that is going to mean legally and moving forward for the White Sox and Tony La Russa? So I'm not a lawyer, but I'll have to play one right now. And that Mm -hmm. is uh, you, you have a situation where uh, he blew uh, like a point, just a little bit over a point over the legal limit of 0.8 uh, for uh, being considered inebriated or not while driving a vehicle. Um, these cases are normally uh, plead uh, down because of the fact that it's so close to the legal limit that uh, the courts and the district attorney, the, the state's attorneys do not like to try these cases because they're normally lost. So from that perspective, I expect uh, Tony Larusa to plead uh, guilty to uh, a misdemeanor uh, uh, driving uh, recklessly mm. uh, plea, and uh, hopefully uh, under this situation, uh, the courts would probably give a fine and a uh, a public service uh, time for Tony to serve as far as. Uh, what goes into this plea. So I do, I do not. So when people say, well, he's going to plead guilty, he's not pleading guilty to driving while under the influence. Uh, he is pleading guilty to another charge and it's up to the state's attorney in Maricopa County to uh, decide to accept that and, uh, to have that on a December 21st, uh, that deal done and, uh, uh, moving on from there. It's not a guarantee. Tony will not, be punished by the court, but uh, th- that's what a plea bargain normally is, Matt. Well, there are there are lots of details to that case that people have read and can see more of, and there's much debate that could be had uh, to the legal responsibility and factoring in the previous um, the previous guilty plea in 2007 as well. But I'll leave that for a legal show. From a baseball perspective, you had. All the assistant coaches, um, the coaching staff uh, announced and introduced this week and everybody talked. And, you know, it it seems news when somebody says, yes, Tony is planning spring training, because as you and I talked about with Jason Stark, I guess it was just a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. um, I, I think this is going to happen. There's still every sense that Tony is going to be the manager when they get to spring training. And, and it seems like this legal development with more to come is not going to derail that. I think we're 
Uh, you know, I, I don't think anything's going to change between now and spring training on a grand scale. Do you? No, I don't. I, I, I do believe that Tony will come out with um, some statements and uh, talk about the situation. I do believe that, uh, you know, at that point in time, you know, in the in the court of, uh, you know, public uh, opinion, he'll take what he has to take and continue to take it until there's some baseball to be played out there because uh, he is the, uh, the baseball pinata right now. And, uh, <laughs> he, uh, and, and some of it he deserves uh, because of the fact that, uh, you know, this is not, a, this is not a, a great thing for the Chicago White Sox. It's not a great thing for Tony La Russa. Uh, to get started uh, on his career. But nonetheless, the one thing I've known about Tony over the 40, well, it's 37 years that I've known him, is he's going to stand up and he's going to talk about it and he's not going to back away from the reality of the situation. So um, what you hear, maybe you won't like. What we hear, we might not like. Uh, But I I believe that uh, you're going to see a stand-up guy talk about the situation once it's passed on December 21st. It's um it's too bad that that this situation clouds so much of the positivity that is there for the players, for now the broadcasters and for the coaching staff. It's really a shame because the coaching staff is pretty darn cool. Ethan Katz on the score this week talking about um, Dylan Cease and how he has a plan to unlock him that he didn't want to divulge. How he's talking He's already talked to Renato Lopez, and they're going to work on the arm action. Uh, you know, it's it's an exciting hire at pitching coach, and um, you know, signs are signs are really pointing up in just about every other way uh, for the White Sox. What, what do you think of the pitching the or the pitching coach as you heard from him this week, and and all the other assistants, Bruce? Well, I'm, I'm Miguel Cairo is your bench coach. Uh, we have a long history with him here in Chicago. He played for the Cubs, played for Tony Larusa twice. Uh, you know, he is an, an ideal bench coach, has a, a lot of experience, has been in the or, Yankee organization bilingual, which is pretty important as well, as is Tony La Russa. Mm-hmm. So uh, from, from all of that, the support system is certainly there. Um, the conversations that La Russa has had that I've been privy to have all been uh, solid and positive and not, not a one-way street of my way or the highway for Tony La Russa. But knowing that uh, he's managing in a different era uh, with different communications that uh, he needs to have with players. Although it's hard to find a communication with a player that was difficult for Tony La Russa during his 37 years. Uh, I mean, you're going to find people that don't like you in any walk of life, especially as managing uh, during that period of time. But there, there's very few people I've ever seen or talked to that, that said they didn't have great respect for Tony La Russa as a baseball man and a handler of people. So I don't, I don't, I don't have the same worry that, hey, this uh, older man is going to come in and disrupt everything with these players. I just I don't see that. That's not, it hasn't been the tenor of his career. There's nothing to point to that other than the fact that he's an older guy, hasn't managed for nine years, and people just don't like the idea of him coming in and uh, and being the guy for this young team, I think it, it, it all boils down to the fact that um, he's an older guy. This is a younger team, and for most people, it doesn't mesh. 
Well, it, it, my, my concern is, is, has always been the culture of that clubhouse, which has been in such a healthy and wonderful way for several years. Um, and I, I, you know, Tim Anderson's um, kind of awkward social media life this week has been dissected by many. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but, I, but that, that's one of the guys I, I worry about. So, but we'll see. You know, it, it's going to have time to play out, and players play, players do their thing, and, and, uh, and, and it'd be unlikely that, um, that a manager's choice could derail a clubhouse culture. It's just awkward and I think unnecessary that we ended up having to talk about it, and they what end do you up mean having manager's to answer the choice, questions. Matt? Explain to me what manager's choice means. A choice of a manager is what I meant. Oh, choice of a manager. Right. Okay. That, that, that it, it's unlikely that a choice of a manager would derail a clubhouse culture, but it's in play. Just the fact that it's a possibility is is unfortunate. Um, and, and unnecessary. Yeah, it's, it's great conversation. I don't know if it's unnecessary because the owner deems this guy as the uh, championship leader that he wants uh, to lead a, a young, exciting, vibrant team down the road. Now, there are uh, many people who disagree with his choice, but there's nobody that can argue with the fact that Tony La Russa is one of the great baseball people in history as to whether uh, great managers in baseball history. Now, as to whether he retains all those skills or not, we'll we'll see that when uh, the, the spring training starts, uh, wherever that is. But uh, the idea that he's had trouble with players or uh, that th- this has been a difficult thing for him over his career is just not true. It's just not there. There is no evidence of him uh, disrupting players and having owners... Uh, and general managers get rid of players because he didn't fit into that system. That's just not, that's just not the intel that we have about Tony Larusa. That is true. Lots of players have come out and said uh, wonderful things about uh, playing for him. There's a a couple that haven't, but that's probably going to be true for just about any manager who's, especially someone who's worked that long with uh, with that many teams. Yeah. Yeah. At 670, the score, it's inside the clubhouse. I'm Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine. We'll step away for a moment, come back and talk about the other side of town. Um, Craig Breslow, the Yale grad, the, um, the former director of pitching, the 10-team veteran as a lefty and eventually a loogie in MLB, and now the assistant general manager for Jed Hoyer and the Chicago Cubs. That's coming up next on Inside the Clubhouse here on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine. Lots of stuff talked about today. Um, Very interesting right field possibilities for the White Sox. Been getting hit up on Twitter and text, Bruce, about Jock Peterson to possibly play right field, thinking that maybe Andrew Vaughn, would be getting a ton of DH at bats that maybe they don't need a DH. What do you think about that kind of mix? Well, I mean, that's a, a little risky with Vaughn. Uh, you know, he has certainly left-handed pop. Uh, Peterson was rumored for two years in a row to have been traded to the White Sox. Not coming here, but already traded. I, I took calls from uh, people at the station here that had sources and uh, other people out there saying that Peterson had been traded to the White Sox uh both the last two winters, uh, that didn't happen. But here's a guy that has a tremendous left-handed pop, cannot hit uh, left-handers at all. So he's a platoon player in the right system. And uh, maybe the right system is Adam Engel and uh, Jack Peterson in uh, right field. Uh, not necessarily a uh, right fielder's arm, but uh, certainly can play out there. Mm-hmm. Um that would be that would be interesting because he does have 30 home run potential. He's done it before. Uh, he is a launch angle guy. He has had success uh, hitting home runs. Uh, that might be one of their choices. As we think about the north side in advance of our, our next guest here, um, when people see Kyle Schwarber go, they might think that all that money goes and will not be replaced. I'm not sure what their activity level is going to be, though, in free agency. I mean, might you see them spend some money on different kinds of players, different kinds of offensive profiles instead of simply just cutting money? Well, I think that you can do both, can't you? Yep. 
I think you can. I think you can. I mean, I, mean, uh, be... I think I, I believe, you know, the speed element has to be a, a part of the Chicago Cubs going going up in the future, because, Matt, um, if you're going to if you if you talk about the way that uh, Jed has talked about their offense, that they need more contact at the top of the order and that they need more run production. It, it starts with people that are on base percentage guys. Uh, that people are not launch angle guys that are guys that can get on base and they can run. Uh, I, I know it's a, a commodity that people don't haven't used as much in baseball over the last five or seven years. The fact that uh, speed guys do not have the same allure, but you know, you hear industry people talk all the time about how, you know, the, the scoring dearth is, is so awful right now that you must go back to, players that can move the ball around, uh, get on base, and, and make a contact rather than hit the ball out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, and that's the case. So the Cubs are going that direction. You can get you know players that don't cost you $30 million a year. If you get a Tommy LaStella or if you get a uh, speed guy uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the way of the way Dexter Fowler was five years ago for the Cubs, uh, those those people are the are the ones I think the Cubs will look at for number one and two hitters. I don't think you're going to see in uh, lineups for the Chicago Cubs the Bryants and the Rizzo's batting one two or batting uh, you know anywhere but three four going on in the future because you need people to get on base. You don't want your power guys, your your RBI guys, to be the guys that feel they have to get on base and wait for other people to drive you in now. The Joe Madden theory was, I want my best hitters to hit one and two because they'll, they will end up getting that extra fifth at bat during a normal game and might make the difference in a game. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, but if, you're, if, if your lineup is not getting on base, and uh, certainly we've seen this, the Cubs struggle since Dexter Fowler to find somebody that can get on base at the top of the order, uh, you have to do something new. Yeah. I, um, I wonder about Robbie Grossman, the uh, Oakland A now 31 years old, um, and I'm not sure what he's going to get uh, out there, but this is not a big-time power guy, but his, uh, he is a contact guy. He's a different kind of hitter, different profile of player who can play the outfield and play it pretty well as he did for Oakland. God knows they need outfielders, Matt, uh, you know, and uh, we will we'll approach some of that with our next guest. It is our next guest joining us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. Alpamonte Ford is in Melrose Park. The new assistant general manager, one of two, Jeff Greenberg is the other, and Craig Breslow, uh, nice enough to join us uh, from your Chicago Cubs. New assistant general manager, still director of pitching for the Chicago Cubs. Good morning, Craig. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, a pleasure talking to you, and, and it's our first time to be able to have you on the show, and we appreciate your time today. Craig, you know, uh, we know you're in charge of, his, of pitching, and uh, the idea that, um, you know, that that lab that we hear about for teams these days is so interesting to, to uh, fans out there. Ex- explain a little bit about what the Chicago Cubs pitching lab may look like from an uh, internal and external point of view. Sure. Well, um, you know, I think uh, the, right, you, to your point, the, the, the pitching lab in uh, professional baseball has become um, legend, right? And uh, I think everyone kind of uh, 
describes their uh, pitching infrastructure a little bit differently, speaks to uh, some of the kind of technology uh, and, and, and data that's utilized a little bit differently. But uh, for us, it's, uh, it's absolutely become a, a critical component of our de- development apparatus um, and, and also uh, of our big league infrastructure. I think it represents an opportunity to uh, push development across all levels. Uh, it enables enables us to give real-time feedback uh, to, to what we're seeing and what our pitcher, pitchers are feeling. Um, but, but to try and kind of blanket uh, in, in any kind of universal way uh, mm-hmm. how we utilize that is, is probably unfair to kind of the, the complexity and diversity of, of the tools of the coaches and of the pitchers, right? Um, you know, there, there are certainly examples and, and fairly well-documented examples of uh, grip changes that have been yeah. employed uh, in, in very targeted instances with particular pitchers. Um, you know, we, we also have the opportunity to explore the, the biomechanical uh, components uh, of a delivery um, and, and the way that those are, are kind of inextricably interconnected um, is, is, I think, a frontier in which we're gaining better understanding. But I think, uh, you know, all of this is probably a long-winded way of, of saying that uh, what, what, we, what I would kind of how I would define the, the pitching lab is, um, you know, an, an infrastructure uh, and, and a kind of physical structure that house uh, co- collaboration across multiple departments um, and, and enables us to, to pursue uh, fairly aggressively initiatives that we think will optimize our, our pitchers, either through pitch data, through deliveries uh, or, or potentially even gleaning additional information about, you know, usage and lo- location. It's fascinating, Craig, and you're right. The examples have been well-documented, whether it's Kyle Ryan or whether it's somebody who's always been open to using it, like Kyle Hendricks or that kind of thing. I wonder on the human level how much of your job, or maybe it's the coach's job, is getting certain players to buy in and trust and actually try some of the stuff that, that you come up with. Is that, is that still a battle, or is everybody on board these days? Um. I mean, that's, that's the million-dollar question, right? And, and you know, I, I, I would certainly uh, be reluctant to characterize anything with, with kind of a 100% guarantee or certainty. I think we've made quite a bit of progress. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I think, again, that, that progress has been pretty public. But I also think behind the scenes we've spent quite a bit of time being very thoughtful and, and deliberate of uh, where we're coming from and where we'd like to go. And I think, you know, we can point to – uh, much much greater collaboration across the entire pitching infrastructure, um, greater collaboration with, with R&D and our high-performance department uh, in, in, in both kind of organizing initiatives and also presenting information to our players uh, in a way that appeals to them, in a way that's digestible for them, um, and in a way that satisfies their natural curiosity. Right? Like, we, we all know about, uh, you know, Kyle Hendricks' intellect. Uh, we know that he may have interests that, that are different than, um, you know, potentially than, than in other pitchers. And, and we have to understand that, and we have to be able to kind of satisfy um, each pitcher's uh, curiosity um, uniquely. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think a lot of this does come down to, to coaching. And, you know, I think it, it's interesting to think about in, in today's game, right? Uh, there, there seems to uh, we like to point to this kind of chasm between um, old school and new school philosophies or experience versus embracing technology and, and analytics and progressive trends. And, you know, I think uh, it's really important to point out that we're, 
we believe uh, optimization happens by blending all of those factors. Right? Um, you know, we're not looking from a from a front office or from a kind of a strategic management position. We're not looking to encroach on the value uh, and the relationships and the credibility that coaches have by being on the field with players every day. We're looking to, to figure out how we can kind of best provide a layer of support for our coaches. Um, and, and I think we've gained a ton of momentum in, in that field, uh, possibly, um, you know, as, as kind of a silver lining to uh, the, the, the fact that we find ourselves in a global pandemic. We've been forced to kind of streamline our operation to, to really formalize communication structure. Um, you know, obviously with our, with our minor leaguers, we, we've been forced to coach remotely. And so in the absence of, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of readily available forum to demonstrate uh, improvement in, in competition, we've had no choice but to focus on, you know, improving pitch data, improving uh, movement and profiles and velocity. Um, and those take quite a bit of buy-in uh, because anytime we're asking someone to take on an initiative kind of individually or remotely, uh, it requires quite a bit of trust and, and a, a really strong relationship. And I think, um, you know, I'm hopeful that when we get back on the field this spring, we'll, we'll see that as an organization we've taken a step forward. But to this point, um, we, we haven't really had an opportunity to demonstrate that. Craig Breslow, the new uh, assistant general manager, one of uh, two that was appointed by the Chicago Cubs and new president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, this week uh, to go along with his duties of uh, heading up the pitching department. Craig, when, when you look at... Um, your new job, what do you think it will entail that wasn't there before when you were, uh, you know, assistant to the uh, front office and director of pitching? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I think in a lot of ways uh, the, the role will expand beyond uh, exclusively looking at the, the pitching infrastructure. Um, and and I, I, I do think a significant uh, portion of my responsibilities will still be to kind of oversee um, to oversee our, our organization's pitching, uh, but I think beyond that, there will be an opportunity to contribute more to uh, you know kind of more more broad uh, roster construction conversations. Um, and I think uh, what what we've implemented specifically in pitching development over the last 12 months or so, uh, I think largely serves as a proof of concept, um, you know, for uh, measuring and tracking uh, objectively goals and initiatives uh, for being able to kind of evaluate the, the methodology and the progress. Um, and I think that will be transferable across uh, a number of disciplines. Uh, the, the tactics may change, um, but I think generally this idea of providing, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of quantitative perspective to what we do and how we do things can, can maybe enable us to, to better out, optimize outcomes. Because of the work you do, Craig, and it's so fascinating, um, do you think, I, I mean, it's always been advantage pitcher. The numbers in the history of the game always show you, like, you know, the best guys, they hit 300, they get on base at a 400 clip, that kind of stuff. But has it shifted in terms of contact that it's it's – it's so much more in the favor of the pitchers than the hitters in trying to make contact. What can hitters do to, to get back whatever advantage is possible in their attempt to make contact? Because contact rates are at a troubling spot for the game, although your job as director of pitching and, and more is to make sure it stays there. But what, what can hitters do to try and make more contact? 
Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, it's interesting, right? Like, uh, I think um, you know, performance and outcomes are, are, are a product of incentives and, and reward structure, right? Mm. If, we, if we more greatly incentivize contact, I'd, I'd argue that there will be a, a generation of hitters that, that kind of respond accordingly. Um, you know, certainly throughout history, this game is, is kind of, uh, you know, been, been riddled by, by cat and mouse, right? And, and I think, um, you know, as uh, in my role overseeing pitching, I'd argue that what we're trying to do is build the greatest margin for error, right? Um, and, and we can do that through a, num- a number of avenues, uh, velocity certainly being one of them, movement, uh, location, and execution, pitch choice uh, are, are all ways that we can do that on the other side, you know, as, as a hitter, you're looking to kind of minimize margin for error, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and there are a number of ways that we can do that. I just think we're kind of finding ourselves uh, in, in a lag that needs to play out over time to where contact uh, is, is not greatly incentivized in our game right now. And the, the, there's the, I think, pitching development uh, in our understanding of, of pitch physics uh, outpaced the hitting side right now, I would be shocked. Uh, and I think we're already seeing this emerge if kind of hitting technology and our understanding of swing mechanics and decision-making don't uh, catch up, in which case, uh, you know, we, we should look for a corresponding pivot on, on the pitching side. I mean, at some point, we're going to just bump up against kind of physiological thresholds, right? There is a limit to, um, you know, how, how fast we can throw a baseball. Uh, there, there is a limit to how fast we can swing a bat, um, kind of in an all-else-being-equal world, um, in, in which case I think this game then becomes really interesting. Craig, uh, my, my concern in baseball and pitching in particular is inventory and uh, length of pitcher outings. To me, um, the inventory... Uh, for a certain type of pitcher, a starting pitcher, a starting pitcher that can throw 150 plus innings, not 200 anymore, but just 150 to 175 is uh, somewhat of a, uh, a, a lost person out there. How do we get back, and in particular for the Chicago Cubs, who has, have had to deal with this, how do we get back to uh, pitchers uh, being allowed younger to uh, build up inning loads and, you know, either make it or not make it without somebody threatening to fire them because a young player blew out. In the history of the game, we've had thousands and thousands of pitchers that blow out, and that just happens to be some type of mechanical or physical issue of the player. Uh, in, in this case, where are the 150, 60, and 70 inning pitchers coming from? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think uh, some of this, as, as you had mentioned, kind of comes down to philosophy uh, and, and risk tolerance. Um, you know, in, 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 in at, at this point, I would I would say that you know I, I'm a big proponent of, of throwing. I think the way to get better at throwing is to is to throw, right? <laughs> Much like any other uh, kind of skill acquisition exercise. Uh, I, I think we we encourage our, our guys to throw. Uh, you know, very infrequently. Will we try to stifle that? We'll try to encourage them to throw responsibly uh, and make sure that, you know, we kind of um, identify appropriate recovery that enables heavier work days. But I think generally our approach is we want our guys to throw. Um, now, now, to answer your, your second question about, you know, kind of where 
where have these pitchers gone or how do we cultivate them? Um, again, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably kind of point back to this idea of a, of a reward structure incentives, right? Like what is the goal in, in, in a baseball game, you know, on the, def- on the defensive side, right, as a pitcher, prevent runs from being scored quite simply, right? And if the guy that you currently have on the mound represents a, a greater likelihood of preventing runs than anyone you would bring in from the bullpen, then that guy should stay on the mound. Uh, and, you know, I think we, we have – you know, much more ubiquitous data to point to when that is no longer the case. But similar to how I would say that, you know, we've, we've somehow come, I think, mistakenly to a place where either you can value experience or you can value uh, embracing progressive trends, data, technology as, as a coach. I would also argue that we've decided, you know, either uh, you have to commit to, um, you know, leaving a starter out there for, you know, for, for 175 to 200 innings over the course of a season, or you, you, you simply don't, and, and we've created this binary world. But I still think most organizations would prefer to have a guy that they could run out there every five days who can carry them deep into a game and, and you know, at the end of the season come up with 200 innings. Uh, the, the, the problem is we no longer have to uh, – we recognize the opportunity cost of that, and we no longer have to, to kind of blindly commit to you are a starter and therefore you will throw seven or eight innings if someone gives us a better opportunity to win. Um, but I think, you know, again, this is a pretty long-winded way of, of kind of getting back to, to, mm. to the central topic. Like, we have to cultivate those guys uh, much earlier, right, at the, at the lower levels of the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can't, you know, expect that someone's going to throw four or five innings and go through a lineup, you know, twice uh, in, in their minor league career and then be able to shoulder, you know, the – the workload of 200 innings in the postseason, uh, you know, sorry, in, in a big league season and into a postseason. I think that's just unrealistic. Um, and we have to recognize that there are going to be uh, pitchers who can't take on that workload. And, um, you know, we also have to accept that, yeah, like you said, guys are going to get hurt, right? And, then, and they historically have always gotten hurt. Um, but the kind of knee-jerk reaction to injuries is always that someone has done too much, and I'd argue that it's equally likely that they haven't done enough. Craig Breslow, a New Haven, Connecticut native. I trust you've had Peace Pizza over there on North Avenue. It's akin to Sally's with that New Haven-style pizza. But what I really want to know is, um, is did the ERA, which was 2.56 at Yale as a senior, did the ERA at Yale ever hover right around the GPA? Like, what was higher? Um, and, and did you try to, like, were you ever worried that one would be higher than the other during your time there? Uh, yeah, I think they flip-flopped. I think it was my junior year. Um, I think, uh, you know, early in my Yale career, um, right, the, the, the sixes and sevens on the mound um, far outpaced what I was doing in the classroom. <laughs> but I think uh, the, the, the last two years, I, yeah, I, I comfortably had um, a, a GPA that's that above my, my ERA. And I, I don't know which is, uh, is the more impressive thing. There were a bunch of really, really smart, uh, smart guys at, at Yale um, and also uh, a fair number of, of pretty quality hitters. Craig, we appreciate this very much. We could talk an hour with you, and maybe one day we'll be fortunate enough to just, when we, we have studio times again, have you in the studio for an hour because uh, there, there's so much that we could talk to you about. The best of luck in your new job as assistant general manager. The best of luck uh, continuing as a director of pitching and uh, upward and onward for the Cubs next year. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you. Likewise. I really uh, appreciate the time. Happy holidays to you guys.
Thank you. Thanks so much. Craig Breslow, the uh, new assistant general manager, along with Jeff Greenberg, made an assistant general manager to go along with his pitching duties. And uh, as you can tell, uh, as you touched on late, Matt, uh, a fun guy to go along with a, a guy that has a tremendous ability to take his intellect and help other people out. Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum are fun. Um, I don't know about the intellect. I mean, that's sort of uh, up to them. But, you know, I, I mean, who, who am I, uh, if not a cheap shot artist, uh, to throw one at them at this point? Uh, but they're coming up at 11 o'clock. We'll wrap this thing up when we come back in a moment on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Inside the clubhouse, just about ready to, to wrap up here. Uh, Bruce, uh, a line about Chris Bryant in a Peter Gammons column was uh, uh, interesting to me. Quote today, whoever gets the opportunity to find out why the fun has drained out of his baseball life will get a great player, a great person, unquote. That's Gammons this morning on Bryant. Uh, we'll have a chance to talk about that next week, uh, you and I. Um, yeah, you know, getting injured is never fun, and mm-hmm. uh, that's been a big part of uh, this. And then the second guessing of, gee, why aren't you an MVP player every year after being the rookie of the year and then MVP the next year, you know, helping drive your team to winning the first world championship in 108 years? It, it's been a big come down for him and the team. So, uh, you know, parting of ways looks pretty much uh, like the road everybody's going to take. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. We'll have a chance to dissect and discuss some more. Maybe Rosenblum and Grody will get into it, but they've got a lot to do. They've got their own show. Jim Schwantz, um, also uh, Evan Altman from uh, Cubs Insider will join them. Bruce, we have people to thank our guests today. Jim Bowden of uh, many different entities, uh, will, especially The Athletic, uh, joined us to uh, talk as well as the new vice president, um, vice president, assistant general manager of the Chicago Cubs, Craig Breslow. Uh, we have Adam Stadzinski to thank for a job well done, like every week. And people can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also on our website, writing Cubs and Sox during the week at 670thescore.com. Have a great week, Matt. Thank you so much, Bruce. I'm at, uh, at Matt Spiegel 670 on Twitter. I'll be in Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with Danny Parkins. Rosie and Grody are next. Have a great day, everybody. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 